You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 264 of Essential Area's favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here. Uh, Sarah Morrill is over on the producer uh, video executive desk. Trying my best. Uh, efforting. We use the term efforting. Efforting. Yes, we steal, Kevin we steal Kevin Lee's. <laughs> Kevin Lee's roar. <laughs> yes. uh, Henry County's. Uh, did, listen, Kevin Kevin talked into a microphone over at WMDH 1550 and did quite well for himself. I hear that guy is going to be successful. Uh, here's the problem. Dakota Davis is not here. He's off, uh, keeping the lights on. So Sarah has to be producer. That means Zach has, I, I texted Zach today and I said, Hey man, camera ready. You got to be ready for it. So welcome to the co-host chair. Yeah. I, I've, I'm still wearing gym shorts. That's okay. We're, we only shoot you for the I hip did, up. I did put a clean shirt on and it's not a fancy shirt, but it's a topical shirt. You are wearing your Moreland free fair shirt. Yes, I am. The Moreland mud fair this week. I hear it's been a, it's. I'll tell you what. It's not really muddy. Well, it's a little bit muddy in the fair. I didn't go today, but they've they've not let anybody park in the back. I'll call it the back forty. Yeah, because of the rain. Because every day, about an hour or two before the fair fires up, we get a downpour because it's summer, and so they're trying to keep that grass pristine. But so I, I assume they just tell everybody you have to park on Wilburite Road, and I don't care if you go all the way down to I seventy. Just just keep parking all the way. I down. was I was pretty darn close to the next farm up the road yesterday, <laughs> and I am very creative when I park there. I find a gap between two cars that didn't want to get too close to each other. And I turn perpendicular just, road and you just back go in, transverse. I back it into the ditch. Don't there you care. go. That's what happens when you drive a big so SUV you can escape quickly. All right. Yes. So you got to do Dakota's job. What are we talking about? Do the, do the middle part of the intro. Oh, the middle part of the intro. Yeah. No, okay. We're going to, uh, do a little continuation on the business series. Oh, we have a new guest in the studio that we, that we got a little bit of an introduction in the Patreon, but we'll get a little more introduction in a few minutes with Mr. Hatfield. And we're also going to talk about the special session, uh, has it wrapped up and, uh, what all fun things they did there. Um, but first we're going to thank the Patreon, uh, people cause they're the ones that keep the lights on. It's nice and cool in here. It is. It is very nice. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes it'll provoke you. Other times it'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, patrons. Yeah. Christy Avery. These are the folks that give $50 or more a month. If, if you can name your own price in Patreon, right? You can give 5 bucks a month. You can give $2 a month. You can give $100 Which a month. Mason giving like 37 cents or something like that. I don't know. We got Stone, Stone Aldridge down in Georgia. The college kid. He's giving a dollar and a quarter or so. Yeah. It's just you pick. You, whatever. You get all the content. Uh, it's a it's a volunteer society. Whatever, whatever you feel like is right. That's awesome. We appreciate you. 
and uh, we it helps keep us on the air. Uh, because of the patrons, the show exists, and we continue on. But if you give it that $50 or more a month uh, level, uh, you get uh, you get a, you get your name dropped every episode, and it's fun. Uh, Christy Avery, the uh, the patron saint of the We Are Libertarians podcast network, the Wall Network, helps us out, and since the very beginning she has. Uh, I hope she's got an HBO subscription, because she's a big Detroit Lions fan. And this this is the year that the Lions are on Hard Knocks. They just got on Hard Knocks? They've, they're on Hard Knocks. I thought that they would have been like the the fallback, like every year. <sighs> I don't know. They don't have anything interesting. <laughs> just, I, I'll tell you what, they have a very interesting coach. Dan Campbell, now. people love. Yes. Big IndyCar fan, too. He took his introduction, one of his int- first years as a coach, wore the IndyCar helmet for his press conference to promote Good the Grand you. Prix of Detroit, of Detroit. So. He was the Grand Marshal, wasn't he? Either probably this year or last year. Yeah, he's yeah. he's been around. He's his players love him. Give that guy jobs if he's going to show up and do NFL stuff or in IndyCar stuff. Just give him. yeah, just just let him let him let, let him ride. Let him drive the four car. Yeah. One upset Zach. Um, <laughs> nope. Anthony Ooh. Anthony Meyer, thank you so much. He's uh, he's making America happen. Running his truck all over the world. Uh, he's been extra spicy with the memes this week. Uh, apparently, he's been very excited about the activities in Florida. Uh, and John Phillips, uh, who's our uh, our favorite car dealer over at Andy Moore, Buick, GMC, and Fishers. Uh, we've been following the progress of uh, his daughter, Morgan, after her auto accident. Uh, we think it was four weeks ago today, as we're keeping track. She's uh, she's heading back from Michigan today, released from the hospital, successful surgery. And uh, now she gets to gets to, to the do the road to recovery. So uh, very excited that, uh, that Morgan is doing well. So appreciate that. Uh, we got some merch, Zach. Yep. We got the, the T-chip stores. <laughs> yep. I dropped the link already in the chat. Uh, so you can find all the links to everything, but we got you uh, t backslash BHO one, two, three, four and mug. We still have probably still have the, the face mask gators, even though that's not much of a thing anymore, but uh I know that Dakota would tell everybody to go get the, the color changing mug because it's still ridiculously low priced. Um, so go check out the merch. It's going to fall's coming. It was 59 degrees this morning. Get your hoodie. Jesse Riddle texted me and said he's not coming tonight. Uh, Thanks, Jesse. Only, <laughs> only, only 46 minutes late, Jesse. I was, it was a flyer. I tried. I tried. I was extending the invite. I said, oh. "Hey, man, if you can make it cool, you got always got a chair for you. It's good." He texted me. Take, we're I'll on take, the air. Let's congratulate Jesse on being the latest person <laughs> to ever cancel for the show, having done it forty six minutes after he should have been here. He never officially. Well, uh, he officially kind of half backed out. He accepted once, and then he said, "No, I can't." So it's you know, it's a it goes either way. That was great. Oh boy, Tom Jopkins says there's audio issues over there, Miss Miss Producer. Yeah, I, I keep popping in there to see if I can hear it, mm-hmm. and it's clipping. But I I've adjusted the volume several times, and it's still like not as loud. Yeah, it was clipping a little less. All right, I will remind so. everybody once again: this is a podcast. The video is a is a bonus. We try. Uh, we had a some sort of a tragic failure four weeks ago. And been working when Zach went on his big vacation in July. Everything went to producer Chris came back and terrorized us, and we've not yet recovered. Apparently, he he chose not to post as me on Facebook because I left my computer there over there logged in, but he found out there are things to do, and we (laughs) still haven't figured it out yet. So, we're did we ask him like what he did? (sighs) 
I don't know. This feels like an offline meeting, though. You know, not a, not not in the podcast, or at least in the Patreon portion. Yeah, behind the scenes. This is the big time. Well, send him a text later. But I'll, I'll remind you if you're if you're watching and you're having trouble with the audio. Podcast will be up. Come back and listen to the morning. podcast. That'll be great, and uh, you get to see us in glorious high de- high def if you pop in and. You can make fun of us. Yeah, Christy knows. Christy's in the chat. She says, look, they're efforting. Give them, give them a break. Uh, we do need to say thank you to a new network sponsor. Uh, I came back in last week and cut a promo, so it may have already played uh, if you're listening to this. But uh, uh, I think across the network, everybody's got a relationship now with Iconic Insurance. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by Iconic. 15% of Americans are left to find healthcare on their own. You might feel overwhelmed, lost, or frustrated. And if that's you, feel in control of your health with Matt Allen's help. Uh, go to iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians to get started. They are, uh, they're interested in the, in the entire wall network and particularly the folks here at BHOL. Uh, lots and lots of our folks are independent small business people, farmers. Uh, you're listening to us in your tractor and maybe you want to have a second look. So check out Iconic and give them, give them a shout. All right. So, Let's talk to Jason a little bit. The uh, we've Jason, we're going to classify you as a businessman. Is that fair? You're wearing a, you're wearing a collared shirt, so I think I might be a businessman. I, no, I think that would no. work. Yeah, I work in a business. How's that? All right, that so, works. That's that's suitable. So yes. Um, what you're not necessarily from here, from this area, from Henry County? No, but you're an Indiana guy. I'm an Indiana guy. Yes. What are your impressions of the of this community? Is it, what do you know about the town? What do you see about it? How are ten thousand foot view? How how is a place like Henry County viewed? Does so, it make the radar? Yeah, it makes the radar. It makes the radar because you get the biggest gym in the nation, but biggest high school gym in the nation. So going back a little bit, so whenever I was uh, in high school or even junior high. You know, Newcastle was uh, a huge deal because of the Alfords, Newcastle High School. Um, that that was just a thing in Indiana. Um, so Newcastle's always been basketball, and that's what you thought of when you you weren't from here. I would, you know, especially from Southern Indiana. Yep. Um, you know, growing up in the Damon Bailey era, it was very similar to the Steve Alford. You know, a lot of things going then, and uh, of course, Alford being at IU and me growing up—that's that's all. You know, it was yeah. like you kind of connected Newcastle with the Alford felt like name. A, felt like a sister community, just yes. based on that. Yes, very much a sister community. And then driving around, um, yeah, I, I've always known it for uh, the go kart track. Uh, some Is there of reason yeah. to know it. That's it's a I very good. It's a very good go kart track. Yeah. I've not listened. I've not listened to the Dale Junior download yet this week, but I'm told that Newcastle got name checked two times. I started it. I started it like for 15 minutes of my drive over here. So I I have not heard news Newcastle yet. Uh, Patron and An- Andrew Bowman allegedly says that this happened well, in, the, in the Ty Gibbs episode, and they it, the guest isn't usually until like almost halfway into the episodes. Because they have the banter and stuff before, usually. This is very correct. But I think where I grew up in Bedford, Indiana, and Newcastle are very similar in just from driving around tonight. I came up early. I wanted to get a feel for the community. Because um, I haven't been here in a while. I've, I came a few years ago and went to the Hall of Fame. 
uh, and did some things like that, but I haven't spent a lot of time here. I'm not going to lie. But just driving around, it reminds me of Bedford, Indiana, or just small town Indiana, not necessarily small town, but middle town Indiana with the square. You know, the, the differences between that I see between my hometown of Bedford and, and Newcastle, everything's brick here. Everything's limestone there. Uh, it it yeah. looks the same. I, I, even I went around the, the whatever side of the square that is. Um, the, race, <laughs> the race street side. Yes. And it's like you go around. The, How spectacular the, is that we got an address that's on race street, race by the way. Race street is. Uh, I mean, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. I, yeah. I would want to live on race street. Um, but it reminds me so much because there's a gap in one of the blocks of your square where a building I assume used to be there and something happened to that building, whether it was, you know, over the years at the, the age of the community, just like Bedford. There's a gap. But what they've done in Bedford in the last five to ten years is they've made that a green space mm-hmm. and like a community space, a community center. Like my high school reunion was there three years ago and it was cool as could be because yep. it was an outdoor space plus with a little indoor area and um, it's I, I see this community as as could have so much because of that downtown area if it and and I and like I, I said in the Patreon section I, I feel like Bedford might be like three to five years ahead of where Newcastle is because they've started that process of revitalizing downtown or, or they're, they're ahead of the process of revitalizing downtown, um, bringing those restaurants down, bringing the things that draw people in. Um, yep. but, and it's not the chain restaurants, right? It's the, it's the local operated. You maybe have one or two locations to so something like we have with Primo down here uh, or, you know, or the wine bar, the Twin Lions line bar. It's got to be somebody local that takes an interest and and has that special special location. Exactly. It's the Cheers. Yeah. It's the 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 town the, tavern. You're not going to have right. Applebee's isn't coming downtown, and you right. don't want them downtown. You don't want them downtown. Yeah. Let them stay out on the on the interstate. But no, you don't want that. You want the little place where you know your your neighbors are there. You yep. know, so you walk in and you know people there, and it's the. You know, I, my wife and I, we have our little haunt in Carmel, the, the Woody's, that we go, we never sit at a table. We go downstairs to the bar, you know, and that's, and we see people we know, you know, it's like, that's just the little secret place yep. that we go to. So. The back porch is the secret in town. It's a great secret. It's a good one. We have a bar. So you've got the downtown area and there's a bar behind on the, on the, on the street behind and it's the back porch bar. They've got it's off one of the buildings, and you have there's no signage on Broad Street, good, bad, or ugly. But it is truly the local spot. Very nice, and it's newer. It's yeah, uh, two three years old. Yeah, and they've been fixing stuff up. They've got like an outdoor area back there. Yeah, they so they have the bathrooms are really nice. They have like a grill there, so you can actually eat food. It's like grilled things though, so. Think like hamburgers, grilled cheese. I couldn't tell you where the door is because obviously I've never been there. I just know that there's a road back there and there's like a path. I don't go to bars. I don't drink. So, you know, rear entrance of Primo. Yeah. So, they uh, do have a, uh, they've got got a food, uh, they've got a a grill there too. Yeah. Yeah. Turn yourself up a little bit, by the way. You're, you're too quiet. I've got a question. I don't know how plugged in you are to like the progress that's being made in Bedford. Are there people that also kick and scream when there's change made? Because that's what we kind of fight here. Like we had the whole there's the whole you're talking about, and then if you go on up, 
we lost like a block and there were like maybe a building or two left, but they were not in good shape. Questionable. Some people think because they think it was a conspiracy theorist Allison. But we, so we took a whole block and turned it into a plaza. It, it had lost several of the buildings. Some roofs have collapsed, but like, so it's not, and now it's nice plaza. The farmer's market there, there's a stage. We put the Christmas tree up there and stuff. And it's a great space. It's a wonderful space, but there are a lot of people that every time we try to, the community tries to do something downtown that requires like an update or a change or they're like kind of kicking and screaming about anything. I, I'm assuming that that's kind of a common thing anywhere, but I didn't know if that was something you're aware of. A lot of the, the historical buildings that would have been in downtown Bedford were lost to fires or um, so a lot of that, I, I mean, like the, the hotel was not re- recoverable. It, it had a fire years ago. So a lot of that conversation probably happened whenever I was a kid. Right. And I don't think it's as much now. Yeah. I think, I think. Thankfully, we haven't had a fire that's been taking anything out. We had one building that got taken out a couple years ago because a car hit it and it, they couldn't fix it. It was a brick building and it took the corner out of a brick building and they're like, well, this is a bummer, but we can't fix this building, so it's going to have to come down. And it got turned into a bit of a parking lot, but it was it was not a big building or anything. But it, it's 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 always fun driving through older towns and seeing like, do they have a town square? What's it look like? And then they're all kind of getting. I think people are starting to see the value in. You're not going to outbuild like we have State Road Three, which is where all like the grocery store, Walmart is, and stuff. All of those always look the same in every town. And that's never, you're never going to have somebody move. Oh, look, they have like the Royal Kings right next to their Walmart. But if you can build your downtown up and have those cool local spots to go to, they're really good. That Downs will. put the Royal King in the old Ames. Yeah, our old Ames is a storage facility. Um, but no, yeah. no, 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 it's Royal King. No, Royal you're, King you're, was Hills. That was also Ames Hills. I haven't heard that in a long time. No, you're thinking of the, uh, God, what the hell was it? Val. Val, yes. The Val is where your storage facility is. I think it was something else before it was Val, though, or something in between. But yeah, but yeah, you, the cool downtowns are really those are kind of worth going to see. Like we've gone and walked in like downtown Zionsville, like the old part of Zionsville, and it's like that's a cool area to go see. And people will move or visit a town for that. They're never going to go visit because of like I don't. After a while, I outgrew going up to Muncie to go to my Galliard. You know, that's kind of the same main drag that every town has. Everybody so. has an Olive Garden and a, uh, you know, a, we don't have a an Texas Olive Road Garden. Yeah. And we uh, wish, I wish we had, to, but we have, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool without having textures around. Primo is a cool spot. Um, and it's fun to go to and you know the people that are there and stuff. So it's, it's always fun to see those different towns. And when I try to drive to a different town, those are the parts of town I want to go to to see what's going on. So there was some salacious news this week. And I will say that it, it revolves around some of this this improvement we have. Newcastle's getting in culvers, and I think they have a workforce they need to be tapping into. Because across the parking lot from the culvers is the Hardys, and there was the most horrific oh, the Hardys story news. I have. I, the Courier Times is a positive newspaper. Yeah, they don't run things that bash businesses. They don't. They don't pick on people. If and you, they took the testimony of about four pissed off employees. And laid out the most obscene, yeah, tr- tr- uh, like just hosiery from a, from from the Hardys not pay- paying their employees, I mean, docking I- hours, firing people for complaining about their hours, yeah, being, their paychecks said, yeah, being hours short, are, and then one person they gave they paychecks said, bouncing. The paycheck was short. So they said, "Well, here's a paper check," and they got and they cashed it and it bounced and it bounced. And then, then they went it. back and then they went back and they're like, "Not our problem." And like, 
that Hardee's, for, I'm like, I'm weird. They open on Christmas morning, and I find that bizarre. And they're just like, I know that they aren't asking people. Like, we used to have a grocery store in town that was open on Christmas, but it was a family-owned grocery store, and it was the family ran it on Christmas. So it was their deal. They were not bringing in all their other employees. And if they were, it would have been voluntary. I doubt, I doubt anybody on this Hardee's had. They also, it used to be where Burger King is. They tore down the Burger King to the ground and then built the Hardee's exactly where the Burger King was, except they moved the counter like four feet to the left. But the, everything is exactly the same place. The doors are in the same place. They literally just tore a building down to rebuild it again. I, I, even that I didn't understand. And yeah, it's but not even a good setup because if you're in the drive-thru, you're stuck. Like yeah, you they didn't. Get out. They could have reoriented the building or something. No. But yeah, they're not paying people. And then they're like, hey, I didn't get paid enough. You're fired. <laughs> and this key, and like they're fast food employees. They don't have the ability to get short like one person got short like $300 on their check yeah. they don't that's probably not like that's not 10% of their check that's, that's rent money that's yeah. yeah that's probably a sizable percentage of their yeah their car payment or their electric bill or their yeah it's like what keeps them living i, yeah, I really. want i want all the businesses in town to be successful but it's a lesson how you treat your people right and and, if, and, it, and it, somebody it, said the service has gone down Oh, in yeah. like the last month. Because, well, I wonder why. Yeah, because you're not gonna, and especially if if we, yeah, we, there's other places to go. So like, eventually, you're gonna, you're just not gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be out of Hardee's again because we lost it the first time. We're gonna lose it again. They can go to a warehouse and work for twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, I mean, Boar's Head, Draper, they're hiring, and like I said, there is a brand new. State of the art building Culver's is going in a, a walking distance away from where they are. And we got a new coffee shop coming too. Yeah. Scooters. There's a yeah. Scooters Coffee. There's the the press coming downtown. I mean, there are yeah. there are options. I hope. <laughs> I just know my Hardy's experience recently because I don't usually go there, but uh, it was when Jeremiah was out of town. I was like, oh, I'll just go grab breakfast there. It'll be quick. And so I get in the drive through line, and it's like ten oh seven or ten oh eight. I did not get food until ten forty, but I could literally not go and like I couldn't move because there was a line in the, stuck in the drive through. I was stuck. There was no way for me to get out. And then I, I there's got to be just one gal working there at that day because the inside was just as bad. And I was like, oh well, I'm probably not coming back. And then here you for feel bad for those people because those people are trying. Yeah, and so I did and not give her a hard time at all. I was just like, thank you, have a good day. There was a sign I, I, when I'm in Speedway. I go to Mug and Bun. And uh, we went to Mug and Bun a couple weeks ago. After I think after going to like the zoo or something like that, we're like, we'll go to Mug and Bun. And they had a, they'd written on one of their windows. They said, uh, "Be kind. The people who show up today to work are the ones that cared." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like people need to remember that, especially like yeah, you go look and, and sometimes you go in a fast food restaurant and you're like, I don't get. There's 40 people back there and three of them are standing around. But sometimes you go in there and you can tell like they're running about half staff right now and they're in the, in like a manager didn't show up or something and they're flipping out and they it's like, are hanging on by a hanging thread. On by Let's a get thread. through this together guys. So just be like, please. And thank you. And just be thankful for what you're getting and just be understand. Tell them though. Oh, yeah, I get it. You're having, you guys are having a day. I was just worried about them switching from breakfast to lunch. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're standing in that line. Happens, <laughs> like I'm going to be like, I've literally been here since 10 o'clock. What would please help. I honestly think the only thing I've ever had it, Hardy's is breakfast. Oh yeah, I never go there for dinner, but, but yeah. breakfast, man, those tater rounds and uh, sandwiches are the jam. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't get them very often. But yeah, that 
if I'm going to Hardee's, chances are it's breakfast. When I was a kid, Hardee's was still a chicken place, and I don't think they had merged I don't with even Carl's think or whatever. About chicken, but they used to be. They were fried chicken. They were just like I, a KFC I, back when I was when I was a kid. Chicken tenders are really they had, good. They did have chicken, and they chicken, they had biscuits, like the char grilled burgers, and then they had moose cups whenever I was a kid. Like they were their original cup that had like the giant thirty two ounce cokes. Oh. <laughs> And we take them giant. We take them to the Stone City Mall and have beer in them, and (laughs) as as teenagers or whatever. Yeah, I think drinking the beer out of the moose cups. I've probably gotten something other than breakfast there, maybe one or two times. I probably the hundred times I've been there. So the takeaway is: take care of your people; they'll take care of you. Especially in this market, eventually they're going to have other options to pick them up. Like there might be somebody from Culver's who just sits outside and says disgruntled. We need good people. And the, just the Courier had an article today that said the hiring has gone great, and I think they've got sixty-five people already on onboarded and ready to go that are training in Richmond. Uh, but yeah, it, you're. Is it locally owned? You know the, the Hardys. I think or, it's a franchise. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not familiar on all the details. I just know that things are not well. You know, no, you've got to you got to take care of your people. I've never seen a story like this come out of come out locally. Um, it's a, I've, I've it's, never. We've had some places do weird things, like when we had our our little Caesars came and went, and the, when it closed, the first, the last time, whatever, disappeared for a few years. They just locked the door, like corporate or somebody just came in and just changed the locks on the doors and didn't notify anybody ahead of time. Like people came to open it the next day, but the, but those people, now that's not nice. It's not a good thing to do. But you did not pay them for work that they were doing. This isn't 2007. Like yeah. it, the, the 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 employer has has so little control versus the employee of the showing up and threatening you and firing somebody, especially in that industry. It's I'm going to walk down there. I've got to have another job in an hour. Yeah. Like it's it's insanity to me to try I, to treat people that way. I can't hire anybody. Like, yeah, and to work in the warehouse, like to to work in an environmental setting. For less than $22 an hour. I mean, like a technician, younger kid, 22 bucks an hour to process, you know, waste. But not a in a good environment, in a air-conditioned warehouse for my teams and all over the country. But can't get people, you know. You can't. You've got to pay them. It's amazing. So. Surreal. All right. So that's our, that's the local business update. The main theme of this show and what we had planned was we are going to do a state house wrap up. They've they've signed dine, they've adjourned, they've they've the Tom Saunders has finally retired again. We've had we had him on the show, our state representative. He he was thankful, he was excited, he was done, and then he got called back and he had to go he had to go be a legislator again. And two bills were passed. Uh the governor had called for a um Inflation. In inflation, something to deal with, essentially. I think the gas tax was actually the biggest thing that they were trying to deal with. Uh, and the state was sitting on about $6 billion. In between the special session being called and then going in, this abortion social issue, the Roe versus Wade thing happened. So both of them got taken up. We're going to uh, we're gonna deal with this on the economic side first because that's that's less of a uh, of a disastrous spiral into God only knows what. Senate Bill 2 came through, and it did a few things. It says everybody that li- – the, the governor had proposed a $225 tax refund per taxpayer. Uh, they ultimately said $200 to everybody, so whether you pay tax or not. So if you're a Social Security recipient, if you're on disability, whatever, 
200 bucks. So every, a married couple is going to get $400 and allegedly that's going to come through next week. Maybe I know there's some people we'll that see. were getting $125 that still haven't received them yet. Uh, that would be me. <laughs> Here's the problem, Jason. They ran out of paper, special yes. paper, I know. <laughs> special paper. And I always pay taxes. I never get a refund. So they don't have my, uh, so yeah, the yeah. state apparently, because uh, I, I, we got a, we had a very small refund, but we got a refund. So ours is direct deposited, and it's I guess that makes sense that if they if you were generally paying into the state of Indiana, then they wouldn't have your information, and they would issue a paper check. And uh, they had to have maybe this is like President Trump, where he was going to send everybody a letter, and they wanted to sign it himself, so your your letter got held up exactly so that he could send it to you. But yeah, the state of Indiana has owed. How long have you been owed one hundred and twenty five dollars since April? I guess so, or two hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. So. So, so now they've ordered more paper and uh, you're going to get like 250 plus 400, maybe 650 bucks from the state. I mean, yeah. So, so congratulations. <laughs> I yes. love hearing about special paper. Yeah. Literally paper. a piece of paper that somebody's going to be literally like scribble and hand it right to the bank. Like it's going to exist as a check for a short, short period. They're going to flip it over, take well, a picture with their phone and deposit yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's, it's going into recycling. The state could have solved this problem by just putting something online. Hey, go enter your bank information. Yeah. That's what the yeah. feds did with, with the COVID rebates or whatever. There was a portal. You went in, put your your bank information. So then I, they don't have to worry about paper. I they had heard to- that people were like, I didn't, of course, I, I'm 125 bucks. We got ours instantly. I forgot about it. And then there were a few people that I work with that are like, yeah, I just don't have it yet. I just don't have it yet. And I'm like, are they doing it in waves? Or are they trying to give it back? And so, but it, yeah, it turns out that it was it was a paper shortage. Yeah, I read that, and they <laughs> oh, well, they still bad. don't know when. So, like, oh well. Sorry, we're trying to get special paper. Your money can wait. Like, I hope you really don't need this. Too bad. It's got to have this special watermark <laughs> yeah. to be legal. And then there's a couple of other things that are included in Senate Bill Two. Um, they said. We're going to cap the state gas tax at 29 cents per gallon until the end of 2023. Uh, and children's diapers are getting exempted from sales taxes now, which I, I, I know we exempt groceries, but somehow somebody died on the hill of we're going to exempt diaper purchases. I think there was a little bit of a shortage because I know there was a formula sh- shortage, but I think diapers were also affected. Which does that mean we're having a baby boom? Probably not. Just I think it just means there's we may logistical issues. I don't know. But yeah, then the gas tax thing, they, they capped it. But since we're not in the $5 range, the, the price of gas in this town starts with a three again, thank God. Uh, they're not approaching that that number anymore. So the 29 cents is, uh, is dropped down. So it's probably, well, yes, they did put a cap on it. I don't think it's actually going to hit it. And hopefully if, if we've if we've plateaued or leveled out, we're, we've got this receding gas price now. Um, that's probably not going to matter. That's just how they calculate sales tax on top of the regular gas tax. Yeah. You get a little of everything. You get, you get all, all the different versions of it. And what's going to happen actually is, is every month they recalculate the tax. So we went into August, it dropped. Now as the gas price is dropping again, we're going to get to what comes next September. I think it would check the check the calendar. September is the next, yeah. is the next month. Just not for Labor Day. When we get to Labor Day, they'll drop the gas. The gas tax will go down again, and the state will say, "Hey, drop it another five cents or ten cents or whatever, Mister uh, Mister Station Owner," and and you'll get a little more. They'll be like, again. "Great, stop getting blamed for it." Because I bet this. T- I don't. I didn't know that it was that that the state gas tax was that variable that it was going up and down all the time because they didn't say anything until they said that it was going up to sixty one cents. I was like, "Oh gosh!" But I didn't know that that was a monthly 
adjustment. I just that's the like, sales tax number. The use number or whatever is per gallon. They you know the sixteen cents or thirteen cents or whatever per gallon. But yeah, the the state sales tax side of twenty nine cents, they're going to hold that. So yeah, you know it's in theory it's gonna it's gonna matter, but wouldn't it have to be above four bucks a gallon normally to get. Yeah, I think I think yeah. he would have to be. I mean, you'd have to do the math. But what's seven cents a gallon? You know, yeah. per yeah, yeah. it'd have to be like a little over four bucks. Four, yeah, a little four, over four bucks, and that's not including the tax in there, like the true gas tax. Yeah, the federal tax of right. whatever twenty some yeah. cents plus the state fifteen cents or whatever whatever's in there. I was just so excited to see a three dollar and sixty fill in the blank cent gas sign on the way over here tonight and i was like oh now zach you and i use get upside or the upside app now and they've killed it it's uh it's down to a penny a gallon again in town here oh so they don't have the big buffer i haven't used it in a couple of weeks because i thankfully had stopped driving everywhere all the time so i did have to put a bit of gas but i didn't use that i just used my speed rewards card to help give the speedway a little money except that's not even them anymore i don't think so no, I haven't used the upside. But yeah, it was for a while. It was really good. It was like twelve to fifteen cents. I think I had one Philip that was like almost four dollars. <laughs> I believe Mister Pensky is going to tell you that you need to go ahead and switch over to Shell. Shell, uh, our Shell in town though. No thanks. I think we've got multiple. Uh, where's the second one? <clears throat> There's there was a, a British Petroleum that was a uh, was a uh, is it Shell? Now? That's now a Shell station. They've changed a bunch. That's, it was a Conoco or something. Yeah, that, was, a that, was, that was a Conoco or that's. It used to have a turtle. There was a turtle involved at one point. There yeah. are certain gas we stations in town three. that have changed many times. There's one at 310 South Memorial, one at 2200 South Memorial, and one at 2037 State Road 3, which is also Memorial. Where's the third one? That's what I don't know. Boy, this is a mystery. Memorial is State Road 3. Okay. Yeah. So 2000 block would probably be Trojan Lane. Yeah. I don't know. That is correct. Your one that was like in the hundreds is probably the, the BP we were discussing. Yeah. It just, and the third Indiana and in, in yeah, Indiana yeah. and state road three. And then the other one, is there a chance that it's maybe the one up at Western road? I believe kind of that. Oh, north? That, yeah. Uh, Zach would never go there. I don't go out that way. I've been driving, drive by that, there on the way home coming from the Moreland fur, but otherwise, yeah, I've been up that way a little bit. Although I actually, I just drove, I took my camper by there twice. Cause I went up North for camping, but, Okay, correct. There we go. Uh, that was a red barn when I was a kid, and a marathon. I think it was a marathon for a while too. Yeah, yeah. Those, These things, things a couple of stations sold have been and like traded, flipped and tripled over three or four times. And I'm like, I can't keep up. But then there's some stations that have been the same thing the entire time but yeah, I can't remember yeah. I would like an explanation if there's a listener that can message in and say why in the hell these things change you know, I'll tell you what because there was a there was a for the longest time we had a, a Sitco on the uh, down in Spiceland and that's a, a Sunoco now that first that one the, the one that's I mean this is going deep way back and uh, sorry this is like old that was not a Conoco that was a Cocaline yes Cocaline yeah that we're was talking when Zach and I were in high this is 2000 something Early two thousands, not earlier. Yeah, it was a cocaine. It was like a triangle kind of weird sign, or whatever. Yeah, cocaine. this may have been even before pay at the pump. This is this is like yeah. Bring your cash. I mean, we inside. still have some gas stations in town where you have to flip the bracket down to wow. start the pump, and I'm just like, wait a minute, guys. It's 1997 up in here. Like this is some strange stuff. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, well, when Sarah and I went back to Messina, New York, this summer, I pulled up to a. Sunoco station and it was still full service. 
And they're like, it's been full service it's since 19. 19- yeah, Something Jack like Sunoco. It's yeah. been full service since 1954. And he's like, get back in your truck. I got it. Don't worry about it. And it's in New York and not New Jersey. New York. Yeah. That always throws me in New Jersey whenever yeah. you can't pump your own yeah, gas. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Oregon and New Jersey, you're not allowed to. But yeah, this is just a, hey, it's included. I would say in the last five years, I stopped at a gas station along somewhere coming to or from vacation that had the uh, had a pump that still had the scrolling numbers, not digital, like the actual analog. Yeah. And I was like, you put just enough in there to get to a station with modern amenities because you're like, if they haven't invested in a new pump in like 40 years, I can't imagine what the bathroom looks like. You just run as fast as you can. All right. One, one last quick side story here, and then we're going to move on. I went to lunch today in Richmond, Indiana, and this is, it was a, I texted Mark Brim because I'm like this, I think it was close to his old neighborhood and it was La, Mex- La Mexicana restaurant, cash only, spectacular, fantastic food. I texted Mark and I'm like, hey buddy, I think I was close to your old house and I, I was like, I may have been in danger, but it was great. And, and he's like, oh, the, the burritos there are awesome. It was his grandfather's auto garage. So oh. Joe Brim's uh, auto garage that he always talked about when he was would, be on the show, restaurant. it's now a Mexican restaurant. So there you that's go. That's peak Mark Brim right there. Yeah, that's it was it was perfect. I just I my spidey senses went off. I went in. I'm like this. Mark's somehow Mark's involved in this. Mark was like the marketing guy. He was a marketing guy for like Earlham, so he did like audiovisual stuff. And he quit, moved to South Dakota, and he's an organic farmer and well, vlogger. Okay. And vlogger. He's attempting to be, his father-in-law is an organic farmer. He is learning to be an organic farmer. He's like. Organic farmer in South Dakota. Dakota. Yes. Garrett's in South Dakota. Right on the Minnesota line, right? He's got a a YouTube channel where he vlogs. And it's really interesting because they're like, a lot of times they're like six to 15 minutes. They're pretty short. And they are, Mark is it, Mark, there's one Mark. There's nobody like Mark in the world. I hear organic farming. I think Colorado. That I'm thinking a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, the clueless farmer on on YouTube. Check check Mark yeah. out. So anyway, yeah, it was uh, Joe Brim's Garage is now a Mexican restaurant, and it's spectacular. It is worth the trip. Bring your cash because there is no way to pay other than that. Okay, we dodged this topic long enough. Uh, <laughs> Senate Bill One. Uh, th- this tells you how 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 the priorities got out of order. It they call Senate the Bill se- Senate Bill One is not the thing that they called the special session yeah. for Zach. Yeah, those things got flipped around. Senate Bill Two is the economic one. Senate Bill One became the abortion. I mean, they bill. finished the session, and I had to wait a day or two because I was I was busy doing something. I think I was might have been uh, I forget what I was up to, and I was I'm like, are they still doing the refund? You it literally didn't hear anything about the refund. I completely got lost in the shuffle of where we need to pass an abortion law right now. It was so. I don't even think I knew about the it passed the final pass because I was doing something else. I didn't turn on the news for a couple of days or whatever, and then all, Twitter just blew up. And I'm like, yeah, I thought that they were oh. still negotiating language. And my brother's like, no, here, and he sent the thing, and it was like he had signed the law, the SB one. And I was like, well, I guess that's not the case anymore. Because yeah, I thought you know sometimes the laws will bounce back and forth a little bit when they hash out language, and they were still trying to argue. Um, some of the stipulations and the the rules on it. And I was like, oh, maybe it's got another day or two. Maybe something will get a wrench thrown in it. But no, it was being signed. So yeah. the ultimate thing that got passed, because there were a lot of different folks on multiple multiple sides of, hey, don't do it at all. No, we're not going to allow any abortion at all. No rape, no incest, no whatever. And I will say once personally, this is a topic that I, I 
really wish the state wasn't involved in at all, but here we are. Um, ultimately, the state said after 10 weeks, not going to happen in Indiana unless it's rape or risking the life of the mother. I'm fact-checking fact at the rest of the room here. You I thought it was even me. 10 weeks in cases of incest and rape. It has to be done by 10 weeks. Within 10 weeks. That's even yeah. more egregious. Um, <laughs> I, I reread it like three times today, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how it yeah, so you've got, a, you've got a 10-week clock, clock, and that's it. Um, Indiana is the first state to take any action uh, legislatively. Kansas did a voter referendum, uh, but Indiana is the first one where their General Assembly and governor have weighed in and, and put, this, put this in place. Um, I don't know where this needs to land. Like, I, I don't know what the right answer is and what the state's right answer is, but the part that's irritating to me most is that it happened – in the summer of 2022 and not after an election, not after having a cycle where we have as a community, we're supposed to be having a conversation right now. I feel like Tom Saunders retired and, you know, Corey Criswell and Nan Polk are running to replace him and they should be having a vigorous debate over this. And the people of our area should say, Hey, here's who we want to represent us. Here's the views we have. And we just keep short circuiting what, you know, the, the public process, the public conversation process. And the same thing when they passed, you know, when Roe versus Wade happened in the 70s, instead of having a legislative process, they just, they took it out of those hands. And we're doing that again here where Indiana just says, nope, I got the votes right now. We're going to do it. And it is what it is. And I know you could undo it. You can change it, whatever. But I feel like this, ought to, this is such an important issue that they could have said, hey, status quo for another six months. And and we can have this conversation and, and have have the opportunity for Let it be folks to run for, for off, elections yeah, that care about the issue to, to let it motivate them enough to actually get out and run. Cause I think two years from now, this politically may be a very real issue for Republicans of overreaching. And I don't know if they even have taken the temperature of, of the, of the I mean, state. Cause I, I, it's, it's been it, like a, it's, bullet, a deal. it's been like a bullet point on there political materials for like years, but they haven't actually. It's an abstract been, thought. It's, it's an abstract thought. It was never an actual. Yeah. It was just, it was like a, here's the check boxes of things. I'm a Republican. So these were the things I'm, I'm I like pro guns, to I'm it, pro life. Yeah. Um, I'm pro business and da, da, da. And so, but they never, and then initially when the Roe v. Wade decision went out, somebody like placed calls to all, like almost all the Republican legislators and only got like one actual st- and just like, can you please give me your statement on this topic now? And only like one of them had a statement even ready because they didn't think that they were ever going to, you know, that some of them had that as a statement and they didn't necessarily even believe it because they just didn't have to. It was like, I'll just say this because I don't have to back it up. It'll get me votes. Yeah, it, it, it gets me votes. It, if it, I want to run in Henry County, Indiana, this is the position I have to have. And if it, I right, want to win in yeah. Hamilton County, Indiana, this is the position I have to have, right? It's just the reality. It's exactly that. And and Republicans like in Hamilton County are going to have to start moving to the center. To the center. Because the younger, you know, what we used to call yuppies, you know, it, it's becoming much more democratic in Hamilton County right. than Republican. Um, you know, the the liberal college educated is coming in and those that are supporting these types of laws are gonna get run out of town. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just a matter of time because the, but hopefully, sorry. Uh, we've <laughs> learned, oh, you're, you're, this is, the mic's yours, man. And yeah. then yeah. in their part, I, mean, I remember being shocked 
um, I think I, I was, I think I ran a marathon right around the time that Riffer hit the fan mm. and being shocked because that race ran down North Meridian and right in the vicinity of the governor's mansion and how many houses had anti Riffra signs in their front yard in the governor's neighborhood in what you would think would be the most old guard Republican neighborhood maybe in the state because it's just old money. Yeah. And I was like, these are people that I bet actually are Republicans, but this is, these are issues that they are even thinking that, I mean, society has kind of moved in certain ways and certain topics and like people are upset who are their vote. Like these are the people you've been kind of pandering to, but some of them are not happy about this. Um, the Kansas, the Kansas referendum did not go the way that I think a lot of people thought it was going to go. And so yeah, it's, they just turned it into, it's going to be a big topic for the next couple election cycles as you get through all these people through. It's going to be big on national, big on local. The the thing that I thought of immediately was RIFRA. I was like, did our state not learn a damn thing from RIFRA? Right. Yeah. I mean, that was a uh, cluster. And, uh, I mean, and, you know, we're going to get to this, I'm sure, but like with Lily and Cummins coming out, that should have came out a little earlier, but. Exactly. They, they were involved in the political process with with Rifra and pushed their weight around a little bit. And it seems well, like they, they didn't do time. it until after the fact. Like in this situation, you didn't have the time. Yeah, it you was didn't literally have three weeks. But there was, but there was a state. I knew that there was, I looked it up because I was trying to, because somebody said, you know, they should have said this a couple weeks ago. And I kind of would tend to agree. Um, but they, there was, and it was being circulated by the ACLU and maybe they don't want to tie themselves to that, to a specific, but there was like the ACLU gave them a list of here's 200 companies and businesses in the state that are not, not, not about this. They do not want you guys touching this. And, but it was like Lillian Cummins know that when it comes to heavy hitters in the community, they're kind of two of the biggest and especially Lily in, in Indianapolis for them to say, we're just going to start putting our new employees other in other states where it's not going to have them here. But at the same time, you knew that was coming. I don't think anybody was going to think, Oh yeah, Lily's going to be, they, they were ticked off about Riffer and they're and, and anything else, but they'll, they'll be happy about this. And so, so yeah, yeah, they should have said a little earlier. I think I agree with that, yeah. but, but they, their statement wasn't surprising. I don't think no. anybody thought they were going to come out you know, for it. So but at some point it's going to be like Riffra. How important is that economic piece? The economic piece that's going to get hit because of this law. How quick does that affect some of those votes and it getting maybe overturned at some point or changed at some point or amended? You know, my whole thing is there was there was like a statement in the article. It was like most Indiana residents support it, um, and I think if that's true, why wasn't it a referendum? And then I've, you know, I've heard Indiana's not a referendum state, right? right? Exactly. We don't, we don't, yeah. we don't do but, that. But and what we've we've built, we've built a political system. I, I'm I'm very much a pragmatist where I look at it and I just look at the way the way things are versus the way you know ideally you'd like to have them. But we've built a system where you have 50 state senators and 100 state representatives with districts that are incredibly safe. So. To, if you win the you know, if you win the GOP nomination in many of these communities, you're going to be the you're going to win unless something goes horrifically wrong. Straight ticket voting alone with the people that just blindly go in and say I'm on Team Elephant, they're going to punch your ticket and you're going to go through. 
whoever wins that primary is going to be the person. And ultimately, the the folks that's, that have identified the abortion issue as their number one thing have gotten their people elected. And it's been a very long strategy. And you you see that, okay, this is this is the way it is. The, the question I have is, okay, what happens in the next three years? This cycle, you haven't had time. You know, this the, the the primary was in May, so if you were on the ballot this year, you were you put your name on the ballot in January. In January, we didn't have the crystal ball to say, "Hey, Roe versus Wade's going to come out," so you didn't know this is going to be this massive issue. It very much parallels the wind issue in Henry County in 2018, 2014. Yeah. I don't even know what year it was at this point. The 20, last decade. 2016, 2018. The, tw- the 20 teens in this state. Yeah. Where mid-cycle, this massive issue hit, and it took a full three years for an opposing group to form. And that's what's going to be very interesting to see is how organized and does this create a political shift in Indiana where some of these legislators have to be responsive and and this comes back around and it may not necessarily be Democrats taking over, but it may be some primary challenges in 2024 on the GOP side. Central. Yeah. Republican. See more centrists jumping yeah. in. And where does that come? You know, Tom Saunders voted against it, right? He was, I, he was generally, you know, towards the center of, of his party. Uh, really, really interested to see and how, how this plays out in the future. So this, I mean, you know, going to the central thing, you know, I go back to like Mitch Daniels and he, he wouldn't even yeah. call the special election or a special session for this. I don't think he didn't get bogged down in the social stuff. Right. This is and the first time I felt that Holcomb got pulled into it. He's always kind of stayed. He, and he said immediately though, before they even, I mean, they already had a special session coming because of the refund thing. He said immediately, he's like, I don't have any red line that you can cross on with an abortion law that I won't say yes. He, he jumped in right real quick. I think he sees it at this point as, as that's something he'll be able to point at um, as a legacy thing that he, that we got this through that we're the first state to pass an abortion law after. So I think at this point it's a resume item for him. Um, and what happens with state government, he was Mike Pence's lieutenant governor. Yeah, he's moving right. on. That's the that that's that he was also Mitch Daniels' political guy, but he was he was but some Mike of what Pence's he, lieutenant governor. But some of what he did when he came into office, and I can't remember particulars, and somebody probably does, is he undid a couple of things that Mike had done like right away, or just yeah. say, yeah, we're not met, dealing with this. And I think he just he just undid some stuff that was kind of social issue stuff. So he it was kind of a weird thing where he's kind of stayed back a little bit and then came in on this and he was like, he was all in right away. So, um, he's on his way out though. So I mean, he, he's not running for reelection for that. So, but does he have national aspirations national or, a, you know, before he was elected before he, the governor thing, you know, that was a, a miracle that he, Donald Trump picked Mike Pence that created an opening where Mitch Daniels was able right. to, to slide in. But he was running for a U.S. Senate seat, right? So it's very possible that the seat that that, that uh, Todd Young has now, that was his aspiration in 2016. All right, question for the room. Is there any backlash at all? Does this change anything, Sarah? Does it, does it actually – does it change the fall elections? Does it, does it create any momentum for folks like Ann Polk? Or is it going to matter? I mean, I would kind of hope so if that's your – your issue that you're passionate about that that would be something that you would consider but 
generally the people who are super passionate, at least in my experience, have been the ones that are more pro-life and would be like, yes, this was a great law. Let's keep the people in the place. So, but that also may be from being in a somewhat like kind of religious background growing up and knowing those kinds of people that are definitely on that side. Um, yeah, I, but I, I see other people too that are like, this is a sad day for Indiana and a sad day for like my country. Like they don't even want to live here anymore because of that. And you hear that and it's more of a defeat. It's not a, Hey, I don't hear it. Op- you don't hear the activity coming up. I don't, after I don't see much political excitement or operation or a different solution from that crowd necessarily. It's just a, I think it's an emotional response. It's the, yeah. It's just a shrug. No, it's right? an emotional response of this is something that really can affect me, you know, as a, a female person, like that's something that can affect me. So it's generally females that I've seen that have been very upset about it. And that's a definitely, I don't want somebody telling me what to do, but at the same time, it's like, okay, like this issue is something that really shouldn't be a decision for the legislators. It should be a decision for the female and her doctor, you know? Yeah. Jason, do you think, do you think that there's an economic blowback coming or is it just, is is it a storm that's going to come by, come and go and it is what it is? I think it's going to not bring top talent into our state from out of state. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to, I think there's going to be an economic hurt in the universities New Jersey kids coming to IU, New Jersey, you know, out of out of state kids coming to possibly one of our universities. I, I really do you think do people think, think about that though? I mean, it's, oh god, I got to yeah, decide if I'm, yeah, am I going to go? Am I going to? I got three job offers, right? Am no. I going to move to Atlanta, Nashville, or well, Indianapolis? Right? I don't think a young person coming here to to work would think about that because they're not. I think I think a college student might think about it more. I mean, who's who's more likely to be affected by this law? Yeah, a young college kid. I mean, in my my, you know. So if you're choosing between Rutgers and IU, you go New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, they might even think about it though. I mean, I probably wouldn't have at 18, but it's it's what my 51 year old self thought of whenever I saw the law. I'm like, oh, if if I was helping my daughter choose, you know, I might think about it, but I don't. You know, if she was in this got in that situation, I would want her to be somewhere where she can make that decision. Yeah, where she has options. Right. She has options. Without having to jump on an airplane. And, and my opinion on the law is it it's it it's not gonna affect somebody that can afford to go somewhere else to do it. Right. It's gonna affect it it's gonna be a law that affects the those that can't pay to take care of it. And so that creates a whole nother issue that that flows in. So I kind of got off track there. No, that's what we're here for. Zachary? I don't, uh, yeah, I, in what you kind of said about the way that the districts are, I don't think it's going to be a, I don't think there's going to be much shift locally, like in the state level. There might be some here and there. Um, you might see some like incoming uh, elections. You might see some like yeah, the more centrist Republican candidate who comes in and is like, okay, I'm going to build this, 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 but this isn't our business. We shouldn't be messing with this. And you might see some of that. I think that the more of the ripple effect is going to be at a national level. I think that this is going to be ammo for people running for Congress and for Senate to come in because they could, in theory, come up with a national law. And I know that the 
uh, presidents tr- like signed a few things or like, executive orders. Like they've been trying to do some stuff to kind of circumnavigate some of the parts of it, um, like medications that can be sent across state lines and stuff like that. So, but I think we're a couple. It's it, it might be like a two or a three year ripple, but I think that there will be lasting effects. But for the state, um, not necessarily because like we kind of know locally how many people are just kind of straight ticket Republican, just going to punch it and walk away and they're not going to change anything. So I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have. There might be some swing areas where it is, but I think turnout will go up too, especially among younger people, because it is something that I've noticed people my age are super passionate about and it might get them out to the polls. Cause I remember, you know, when Jerry ran for office in 2018, um, it was all old people all day. Yeah. Well, and that's I, that's what I would to, hope that. Who do they have to vote for, though? Like, who? What candidate is going to make them go? Yes, that's, I'm turning out for them. That, out. that that's that's what I would hope comes out of this is the younger generation, people younger than us, get involved in the political process. Get 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 this new generation wanting to represent yeah. or wanting to be a part. No one under our age even wants to get involved. Really, why would they? we have some people yeah. who got involved locally? Right. Um, I'm 39, and we have a, we have a city councilman who's been through one reelection who's two years younger than me. Yeah. So he's been in office since he was in like this. But usually, what happens locally is uh, we have like a politician who behaves badly, <laughs> and so they fire up a bunch of people. And we had that happen the last year. And or um, you probably aren't aware, wind became a monster issue here where it took the Republican party and just split it. And then our county government literally turned over almost everybody. I think one person, I think on the county council was around um, from before when the wind issue, everybody else got voted out based on wind and not even their current position on wind on their lifetime statements on wind. They weren't even allowed to pivot on a wind. They made a statement being neutral to wind and they got lost election. So, um, so hopefully that would be great if you act, cause I think younger people, Tend, like there are some that are obviously going to be pretty right, but like a lot of them, if they're coming out of college, they're kind of you know, tend to going to lean a little bit left, maybe, and then that's where you can pull out voters that they just don't count on being there. Mm-hmm. And so I think they kind of underestimate how many of those people are around. But you do have to get them to come out and vote. And I, yeah, I do know when I go to the polls, I'm like to vote. I'm not that young anymore, but I'm still one of the younger people in line to vote. I, I make it to every election, so. I would um, just like to have somebody on the presidential ticket that's not on Social Security. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that you don't have to worry about whether or not they're t- they're like, well, they might not make it to the next election, or like, should they really like? You know, that's kind of thing with Joe Biden is like. Um, although I have somebody, I have some crazy people on my Instagram that think that he's using a body double, and that the, and that the one that the the Joe Biden that fell over had legs that looked too good and arms that looked too young for actually to be him, but where you're like. You shouldn't be running again. You're going to be like way old when you get. Yeah, so it would be nice to have somebody that's got some years left. I mean, it felt like Obama was pretty young yes. at yes. the time. Um, but yeah, we're kind of back to just. So yeah, the Indiana 6th District, where we are, Greg Pence is our congressman. Uh, there is one opponent to his in his race, and it's Cindy Worth. Uh, looking at worthforcongress.com, she has six issues she's identified. None of them are dealing with the Roe versus Wade issue. She's, what she's put on her website as her, as her six biggies, 
are good paying jobs in Indiana, public education, clean environment, common sense gun laws, LGBTQIA plus support, and better health care for Hoosiers. So it's a very centrist, you know, just very, just centrist. very, very centrist, nothing too, uh, and then cannabis, uh, cannabis reform as well. So seven issues on our website, none of them dealing with the, with women's issues or with that. Uh, and maybe that, maybe the campaign has said, Hey, we're not, we're not going to chase after that. We don't think that's the issue we want, but people, th- this is the point is that I think there's an opportunity for, for change or for, for people to be motivated. But if you don't have candidates on the ballot in the fall that are preaching that or that are going to drive people out, what's the point? The, the, the one issue that it seems like people are motivated about or maybe motivated about, nobody's talking to them. Nobody, nobody cares about yeah. their issue. Pro or con. I, I, I don't know. But that's the, that's the way I'm reading the room right now. It's well, just going to split further. Yeah, and I think that's going to be part of it. But then also, like, it's not an issue that they've had to think about until the last, you know, month or two. Right. So I'm sure it's one of those where it's like, okay, but in, at the same time for her, since she's running for that seat, like, that's not something that's going to necessarily matter. And that's why I say the timing, the timing is almost, <laughs> it's almost, if you're, if you're looking at it politically, it, it's almost ideal to have it happen after these candidates are already selected because you're, the lot is cast. So you have the most amount of time to put it in the rearview mirror. If you're making a political calculated decision, it's not what I wanted for them to, to call a special session and to do this now, but you literally have two and a half years before anybody, before you have an opportunity to have a reset at all. And for a state senator, you have four and a half years. Because if it would have happened before they were choosing candidates, yeah, if this or, had or happened where the De- ago. or where the Democratic Party was going to put money into their candidates, yep, yeah, st- picking their strategic races and seeing yes. where they've got a chance. So those strategic races may be more here now than when it, what it would be, yeah, what it, eight I mean, ago. what it was eight months ago, right? Well, we'll continue to watch it, um, but it is, of course, still more on the local level because it was the locals that did it. But yes. yeah, we'll yeah. see. But you know, the federal. There are so many different ways this could go, right? You could, have, and I think you're still going to have legal challenges across the board. September 15th is when Indiana's law takes effect. Uh, I'm sure that there will probably be lawsuits that'll say this is unconstitutional, and we'll see what happens. I'm not sure that it'll stick because there's nothing federally there. But then Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the White House as well. So in theory, they could there could be federal action as well that could take away the new the new state responsibility, the state right, uh, which then ultimately ends up back in the courts, and then we'll see what happens. So yeah, stay we'll tuned. See. This isn't the only week we're going to talk about this. We try to focus on on local issues as much as we possibly can on this show, uh, but local issues turn into state issues, and and this is one that's that's cycled on. And, and this is one of those ones that I guess even looking at either side, one they both kind of like to. I mean, like, I remember that they're one of the things they tried to do is there was a vote to take out the incest and rape clause and 39, 39 legislators voted to take that out. And I was like, wait a minute. There were 39 people that think like, oh, your dad had a dad had sex with his daughter and got her pregnant. She should deal with that. That's her thing to deal with. Yeah. And I'm like, and I had like, I don't understand how anybody's brain fathoms there were, that. There were, there were people that said, hey, I, if the yes, tenure, you can do this. But you need to sign an affidavit telling us what happened. Like, who did it? You need uh, to rat somebody out. Yeah. 
like the at, ten year, the at ten eight, year old, nine, ten years the, yeah, old. Yeah, the ten year old that came over from Ohio, and like, and, and that's super unfortunate for that girl. But like, that was a situation like people could point at that immediately. And then the other one that didn't get as much press that I heard about um, was a woman who came over who was had to get an abortion to get uh, chemotherapy for cancer. She had cancer, and so then I'm like, that's where he, the problem with any of these laws. Is this, they shouldn't get into it because you can't write a law that covers every situation adequately. There's too many There's gray areas. Nuance. Yeah. There's so much nuance to it. I'm like, okay, so is does how in how in how threatened does her wife her life have to be? Because maybe, oh, well, she might not die. Well, what's the percentages? Like, yeah. where is that? And that's a conversation. And who, that, who decides that? Do you have to go before a local and, county and, judge to, to get right. your approval? And yeah, and then so then the doctor because I guess the punishment for the for the law doesn't really go after the person it goes after the doctor so then you have a doctor who's like in fear of his career for trying to do what he thinks is the right thing by his oath of keeping this person healthy and alive and they shouldn't have to worry about where they are on some side of a law they should be able to make the decision in their in their exam room and if they're both fine with it that should be the end of it. And so that, yeah, there's just so much nuance to it. And it's just, and for the most part too, it's, I know there's some women that are on both sides of it. It's a bunch of old guys making the decision on that. And I have the hard time. Like, I don't even want to share my opinion on people like, Oh God, but I'm like, I'm a dude. Like this isn't, this is a, an issue that I don't feel like, I feel like there's enough guys that have comments on it, that there need to be more women that speak out about it on both sides. But I just can't imagine that too many women want to stick another woman with that. But I think it's women that aren't even in that situation ever. Don't think they have been. So I've tried to be very quiet and let a conversation happen. And instead that, and that's the part that's so infuriatingly frustrating to me is that we haven't had public debate. It's just, it's yeah. just go. I know it's, it's a hot topic and people like, don't want to start fights at family reunions kind of thing about it. But it, it's like, to me, it's like the 10 year old like, that's a shocking situation that we had a local, not local to us, but a, a legislator. She was only, she's like, well, we still should have had that stipulation taken out. She's like, her doctor could have decided whether or not it was a threat to her life, or whatever. But then the doctor has to worry about, somebody calling it in and saying, well, her life wasn't really, this girl should have had a kid at 11 that was not, you know, that wasn't any her choice to have this kid. I was like, this is a, yeah, such a weird thing. It's a very slippery slope in a conversation. Yeah. Like when we were on vacation, it was the, it was when Roe was overturned and I'm there with another couple and my stepdaughter. I think I was on vacation the same week. I think it happened. Yeah. My stepdaughter, uh, who's a nurse, they were both celebrating it. And I just had to button my, I was just like, oh, I'm uncomfortable here. I respect their opinion. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to voice mine, but mine's more about the choice. You know, I don't yeah. care either side of it, but I want them to have the choice to do it. You know, um, and I'm not as a guy, like you said, I'm a, I am a, I am a, a girl dad. That makes me care because I want my daughter to have that, yep. but I'm not going to get out and go in and do a, serious debate with somebody that's pro-life i i respect their opinion i just don't think it needs to be legislated I, and, and i think most so. people would argue nobody is pro-abortion and i would like to give people every opportunity they can to have the resources to never need one mm-hmm. but if they need one most people are in a bad situation and for them to not have a choice to potentially get out of their bad situation and then like i know some i think it was a congressman said or some tv pundit said oh they're going to try and pass a law that allows abortion at 52 weeks well that's cute buddy because if you had an abortion at 52 weeks that kid's 12 weeks overdue cuz gestational period for a human is 40 weeks and like so they don't even know what they're talking about they're trying to 
they want to make it everybody says kind of polarizing. We although we have the example of the ten year old, they like to tell you that there's kids that are being aborted at thirty eight weeks that are alive and are essentially being murdered, but like that's not statistically true. It's a hot topic and it's just like one of those things. But yeah, I just want like I said, I feel like that's a choice. I don't have the right to take that choice away from somebody. And I'm honestly no different than a Greg Pence or anybody else, some old white dude who has the ability to make uh, an illegitimate kid disappear at a moment's notice. Well, you're not 50 yet, Zach. No, no yeah, I guess not. Guffey thinks you are. I mean, right? I, I mean, I'll be, I heard a radio ad for, for Congressman Pence and it's the first time I've ever heard his voice. <laughs> and he's been around for like, Shocker. I've never seen him talk. I've never seen him in person. He doesn't show up to anything unless it's a paid private Republican function that you've gotten into. But yeah, I've never, I've, the first time I was like, oh, that's Is what his that voice. compound. And- that's what his voice sounds like. Yeah. Down in Columbus or something. Oh, it's up in like where Max and Tucky on Culver. That's where the Pence compound is. But All right. We are at the point in the show where we start to wrap things up, do final thoughts, clean things up. Sarah, what do you have for us? Um, I, we are wearing our Team Ashley shirts tonight for our friend Ashley uh, Griggs. Ashley Halcom now. Or Ashley Halcom. My bad. Yeah. You didn't even know her as Ashley Griggs. I, Maybe for 10 minutes. For like 10 minutes, yes. <laughs> because that's that's how I know her from Mooresville. She's got a Mooresville connection, Jason, which is oh, hilarious. That is very cool. Because Jason also has a Mooresville connection. That's where his kid is. But anyway, so we had um, the Team Ashley shirts on. Uh, Ashley is completing her first round of chemo. Um, found out she had breast cancer not that long ago. And um, we're just really excited that she's done with this first round. She's been a champ all the way through. So... Yep. Hey, Team Ashley. There's not a lot of people I would wear a purple Dis- uh, purple Minnie shirt Mouse. with uh, a Disney and, and a Minnie Mouse on, a pink Minnie Mouse, but I'll do it for Ashley, and we're, we're excited that she's made it through. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we love her, and, love her and Mitchell Halcom, and uh, you know, it's, a, it's a good first step here. Also, a shout-out to LNK Produce for the peaches and tonight's beverage. So, subscribe to the Patreon. You'll find out what it is. There we go. Good plug. You're 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 a heck of a producer, Jason. I hope you've enjoyed this, man. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's worth it. Worth the drive over. Yes, it was. I'm, I'm glad you came this week because we're almost out of roads that go east and west from here. Yeah, I got a little scary because they said bridge out ahead, <laughs> road closed ahead, but it was in 13 miles, not 13 point or whatever. I had to go. Yeah. I had to go 13 miles, not 13.4 or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. You made it so. just barely. Well, very good. Anything we forgot? Anything you want to plug? Any any? This is this is your chance to hawk hawk your uh, I don't, your, I don't. Your, your stuff. I don't really have anything to hawk. I don't think anybody's need needs waste management services from me. You know, I it's funny. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, he works for M and K Trucking, and one of his his uh, guys that he works with, like a, a rep. So he was friends with me on LinkedIn. And he goes, I'm having a hard time getting my dumpster delivered. You think your buddy can help? And I'm like, I'm not even in the trash side of things. <laughs> I was like, no, I might be able to find out who he needs to call, but it's like, no. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's you know, my shout out would, would just be to, you know, how all of us met. You know, yep. it was during COVID. We, you know, it's just this little racing community and you've, you've got friends, you know, we didn't know each other personally until Nashville last year. Yep. And then- you know, it's, you know, I feel like I could call you and have a discussion like we did tonight. Yep. And we have very similar, kind of similar backgrounds. I mean, I didn't New York, but small town Indiana and 
yep. some similar views on things. So it was nice to to discuss that. That's been awesome. We've enjoyed enjoyed having you here, and hopefully the audience has as well. And, and he dressed appropriately. He matches the the background over there. And with he the wore wing his and wheel. he wore his yeah. wing and wheels, so it's a it, it works very well. It's always appreciated in this in this building. Mr. Zach Bertram, you got anything for us? It's Moreland Fair Week, so if people own you know we have a killer fair at a little town out that way, and it's this is the only week I didn't go Monday because I was it so competes t- with the state fair and it holds its own. It holds its own, like it is a gem of an event, and I know that like every town probably thinks they have one. It's kind of the homecoming for that part of the um, county because that school that's out there, Blue River Valley, doesn't have a football team, so they can't have like the normal fall homecoming. They do it in the winter. Um, but there's great food. It's the most spectacular people watching you've ever seen in your life. Um, tonight's the, the best part of the fair. Oh, tonight's the truck pulls. So I guarantee you there's some 17-year-old kid who took his dad's truck off the farm. And he's about to blow out part of it. And his dad's going to find out that he's out 15 <laughs> or 20 grand. Um, that always happens. That's my favorite thing um, to see. And I saw that Cade Coger posted a picture. And he still has this truck. So he evidently didn't break it. But Cade Coger had a picture of him taking his truck to the sulfur mud ball or to the uh, the more the uh, Moreland truck pulls. Um, I always that was so much fun. But so if you're in the area, go out there, try out good good elephant air um, from the from the Blue River Valley Band or the the cool thing about that fair compared to like the state fairs, the local vendor the locals have their own stands. And so the fire department, the school. fire department does oh, full yeah. long hot dogs. The band sells elephant ears and walking tacos. I think it's the optimists sell ice cream cones and then they have a big, and it was funny is you get the old timer syndrome. You call them tents. Oh, there's the food tent. The food tent's a building. It's been a building for probably going on a decade now, <laughs> but they've replaced these tents with buildings and every night a different group, uh, runs that area and you in there. You can get burgers and tenderloins and fries. Um, and so I'll be out there the next two nights enjoying myself. I'm super happy that it's no longer 87 degrees with 105% humidity. Um, it should be delightful to be out there. So um, if you're a runner or a walker, go sign up for the 5K. Terry, go talk to Terry Wallen. I heard uh, you were in charge. Are you? Are you? Are you? Were trying to recruit me to run the 5K. <laughs> the, only, the only concern I have with it is that it's, it, it's the first, you know, first or second weekend of August, and uh, I was out of the state for like 15 days in July. And uh, maybe more. So I wasn't around a lot. I'm running around a lot in like the final couple of weeks before. But he told me yesterday he might have somebody else that wants to run it but wants help. How so cool see. is the medal, though? I judge all my 5Ks or They races. don't really do. You don't even get a medal for that one. But I'll tell you what. It's a. Uh, There's a parade. Do you get an There's elephant a parade. You can end? get a medal if you win your age group. Well, that's not going to happen. The medals haven't gotten. The medals aren't crazy anymore. I'll tell you what. The Here's the nice thing is. One, it's like. You kind of get spanked because it's a lot of – you kind of slow down a little bit. All the cross-country teams would show up. Oh. And so you'd just be like, oh, the winner did it in like 15, 22 or something obscene like that. But you run into everybody. You see out there. And then we had former – or a, a guest of the show, uh, Joe Wiley, was our highway guy for a while. Um, the road got paved that we ran on. One year, and I was like, just as far as we needed it for the 5K <laughs> because Joe ran the 5K. And I was like, you know what, Joe? I appreciate this. I really appreciate not having my ankles get broken on this road. Um, so it's cool. You just see all the same kind of people. And then I hang out all day there Saturday because I'll run that, and then I'll come back for the car show, and I'll never go home, and I'll stay for the fair all day. Um, but, the, yeah, the Moreland Fair is its own crazy thing that people just don't understand unless you go and kind of – 
wrap your head around what this thing is and how long it's been around. It's approaching a hundred years. Um, Moreland is a town of 400 people. Yeah. 500 people. It is a tiny little map dot. Um, but they have the biggest fair but, in the county. But it has we, our, our Henry County 4-H fair is truly a 4-H fair. So this is the county fair and it takes place in the, in this little tiny spot. I've, I was a vendor out there for many years wearing my political hat, and I've spent so many nights talking to the same people at the Moreland Fair, and it's like it's like a family reunion. Um, we got free flashlights that's what somebody That's what somebody posted today, a friend of mine who uh, was going out there. He used to – he was the band director of Blue River for a while, so he would operate the elephant air tent, and he was like going out to the family reunion today, and someone was like – and someone else in the text I was like, what? I'm like, they're going to the Moreland Fair. I call it the Moreland World's Fair. Um <laughs> Just to be, and they even have like their own little 4-H component um, where they have people that bring in vegetable stuff. I never quite understood that with the state fair already going. Um, it's an open class. You can you yeah. be of any yeah. age. Jason could bring his tomatoes yeah, in next year. But sure. people want to laugh at me. I rode one ride with my kid yesterday. It was what I call the spider. They call it the black widow. And I literally was done, not functional, nearly passed out. I was done for the rest of the night. Too I many got, G's? Just like the octopus ride? Thing. Yeah, the octopus ride. I just don't do fair rides, and I don't do repetitive, and this thing just Listen, it's me. operated by the family of legendary IndyCar driver Tony Kanaan, so I don't know what you're worried about. Yeah, it's own, it's own yeah. Lawrence the, family. Lawrence yeah, the family. Bolanders, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm still waiting for Tony to come out to the fair, though. He has never come out to the Moreland Fair. We need to get him out there. Um, I heard they were all at the state fair last night. Yeah, that that's the a thing I've always wanted to go to. Yeah, I saw the Rossi was there. sculpture was unveiled. Um, but yeah, I literally, I rode that ride at 530 and then I got off and I started to walk towards fair. And I told my wife, it's like, I need to sit down now. I sit down and I have a running watch. My heart rate was 147. <laughs> and this was like 10 minutes later, I sat down for 50 minutes, just staring at the ground, scrolling on my phone, made me dizzy, got home at 830, went to bed, didn't get out. I got up to Broke change. You. I got up to brush my teeth. I still was not great today. I can handle. I think I can handle roller coasters. It's been a while, but I don't do fair rides. Well, so Zach, we're banning I'm you. A, You're not. I am a, you are such done. a lightweight. My, my brother, son's like, let's get another one. I'm like, dude, I can't handle it. I am about to pass out. So yeah, comical. My comically lightweight status of riding fair rides. As our syndicator Chris Spangle would say, thanks for the invite. You forgot to invite Sarah and I out there. All right, well, wrapping this up from my side real quick. Uh, I, this is Sarah's birthday present. I we've gotten out of it the last couple of years, but we're back on the on the train, at least for 2022. Uh, Sarah and I will be helping with the Daryl Lyons Memorial Mud Bog in Sulphur Springs, Indiana. Uh, I'm going to be the uh, assistant to the uh, announcer, the backup announcer. So if Greg Phipps needs a pee break, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to speak. We all work for Katie Joe Phipps, uh, and she's really going to be in charge of timing and scoring. But there is a $5 admission, mud bog benefiting Jefferson Township in Sulphur Springs, Indiana, Saturday, the 27th of August. I believe ATVs are going to start around 3.30 or so, trucks 5 o'clock, 5.30. And uh, if it goes past 2 in the morning, I'm going home, I swear to God. But it is it, it is it has adventure. lasted quite a while before i've never seen it i've never been to the mud bog well you need to come out have I a good I'd time i'd be done with a, about an hour of that <laughs> i love I, I do love the truck yeah. poles but i've never done a mud bog do they have a, a ham and bean dinner or what's the dinner that they have out there yep i think uh, 4:30 oh, or so wait. 5 o'clock in the afternoon they they've got a they've got a ham bean tent they've got yeah, they've got a ham and bean tent at the moreland fair too it's not a tent anymore it's a building 
but they got ham and beans every night out there. Well, we didn't get invited, so we wouldn't know. I just, I'm there. Except <laughs> I'm here. We'll be in Charlestown. Children right. six and under are free as well. Yep, this weekend we're back to the camping thing. So we're going to be in southern Indiana, going to Charlestown. There's there's rumor that maybe we're going to be going to uh, Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs to check out the Arlington Million, whatever the heck that is. You're getting better weather than I got last week. And I've got full hookups. I can take a shower that lasts for hours. I took like four showers last weekend. (laughs) All right, guys. We appreciate you very much. We'll be back with you next Thursday. We'll see you then.